It's 19 minutes after 4 o'clock. We're in conversation next with the chairperson of uh, SCOPA, Mkule Gwatlengwa. Former ESCOM CEO Andre De Reiter has appeared before SCOPA in Parliament today. He answered questions by the committee in relation to what happened at the power utility while he was CEO, including questions about things he shared in an interview with Annika Larson from ENCA. De Reiter alleged that ESCOM was losing 1 billion rand per month due to corruption. However, he refused to name the... <coughs> excuse me. He refused to name the minister and senior politicians who allegedly enabled corruption at the power utility. Mkulega Shlewa now joining us on the line. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Eldon, to you and the uh, listeners. Thank you so much for making time for us. Would you say those three hours were fruitful? Well, it depends on which vantage point you wanted uh, the responses to come, but from a global perspective, um, it was in the sense that Mr. Derrida's public utterances to a TV station, which of course are therefore untested, are now part and parcel of a formal parliamentary process, and mm. we consider them as reported, and therefore warranting action um, from the powers that be. So the, you know, an interview could be anything. You can say anything. However, we don't have to back it up. Yep. But once you log it into a parliamentary process, um, it's a totally different ballgame. So I think that is important in the sense that we now have got a basis, um, formally of a whistleblower on one hand, but also at the same time, delegations of Mr. Director must not be taken lightly because he was the CEO. So he was in a position of authority and yet fiduciary responsibilities, which he too still needs to answer uh, to. He does indicate that he reported the matters in, in terms of PRECA. Mm-hmm. He had a meeting um, with the National Police Commissioner and he, he informed the um, shareholder representative, uh, which is the Minister of Public Enterprises, and had a discussion uh, or, or to report the matter with the President's Security Advisor, uh, Dr. Sidney Mufamadi. So, and the board, of course, itself. So, as far as we are concerned, we have got a lead now in terms of where our focus must be. And, of course, the hawks uh, must answer to some of these questions. I conclude by saying, Alvin, the SIU, in part, has reported on investigations on some of these matches. Mm. And so what Mr. Derrida's um, testimony does now is confirm... Um, you know, for the SIU even further. That's part one. But at the same time, it, it can be viewed as a missed opportunity by Mr. Director in the sense that he could have, in our view, gone the whole nine yards of divulging the information that he had in its entirety, including but not limited to naming uh, the minister or senior um, political politician to, because he had the parliamentary privilege uh, and protection in that placing that before parliament would not have resulted um, in him actually uh, suffering any legal consequence. Um, but his consideration, which he advanced, was that of his personal safety. So we have to weigh up all those variables. So on one hand, yes, it is a success. But at the same time, one has reason to believe that it is a missed opportunity.
Yeah, and also noting that um, at many instances when there were questions coming from um, the MPs, you had to intervene as well as the chairperson in saying, but um, the questions are, are relevant. But of course, he didn't want to reveal who the set minister is or who the set senior politician is. Um, what happens now with that particular aspect of the information? Would you be calling the minister, um, Minister Praveen Godan, at least his name was mentioned, as well as uh, Dr. Sidney Mufamadi? Yes, that's cool. So when we reconvened at one o'clock, um, because we gave time to, you know, for members to process um, what they'd heard, we have agreed that we will be calling Minister Pravin Kodan, the board of ESCOM, uh, Dr. Sidney Mufamadi, the national commissioner uh, of police. So that will be next week, Wednesday, and the following week, Tuesday. So we've broken it up uh, into two to ensure that um, all those relevant bodies appear before us and actually the hawks themselves. On the issues around um, Mr. Godan, it's actually twofold because there is a very serious allegation that um, Mr. Derrida makes in the sense that he accuses the minister of interference and insubordination because he actively interacted with the uh, affairs of ESCOM whereas the responsibility for such resides with the executives on the board. So there are two aspects now which um, are put before the Minister of Public Enterprises. But what is important here is that he categorically put it to us that he reported this senior uh, politician and or minister to the Minister of Public Enterprises and the advisor of the President. So therefore it means um, the president should be in the know insofar as this is concerned, unless, of course, then he has an advisor on a serious matter uh, of such as this one, withholding information. So actually, the matter becomes uh, far more complex than the initial stages of Mr. Derrida's public utterances, and therefore that's why I say it's important that these matters are now officially logged and lodged with Parliament because there is a basis other than a media report which... Um, would have no local standing here. He appeared before Parliament in terms of the powers and privileges that and his information is now considered a fundamental basis upon which Parliament must proceed. A quick one. Um, there is a, a message here from one of our listeners who says that uh, the offer was made um, for the for the privileges that uh, Mr. Andre Director said that he he didn't enjoy, and also um, that he needed some sort of um, some sort of protection, um, which he declined, of course. But um, Lucky is saying, and I, I don't know if you can confirm this, that the parliamentary privileges only applies when the person is within the boundaries of the country. Is that the truth? Well, that would be a technical nuance um, as far as we are concerned in terms of the determination that the Speaker has made and the Rules Committee is that a hybrid meeting or a virtual meeting called by Parliament is called within um, the confines and parameters of the powers and privileges. So this meeting fully enjoyed those rights. The second point is Mr. Durate at this point was invited to appear before Parliament and could have declined. He has mm. not been subpoenaed as yet. So this was to enable the committee to 
make a determination in so far as the allegations that he made, whether they had merit or not. And of course, that he has submitted, made a submission to the committee, which is about 15 pages, detailing quite a number of issues yeah. um, in so far as ESCOM um, is concerned. And he has confirmed that submission uh, as his, and therefore it forms part and parcel of uh, information before Parliament within, again, the powers and privileges. I think I must conclude by saying, you see, the issue of not taking the oath would have meant that Mr. Dereta wavered his rights of protection, but he did not waver the right uh, or did not lose the right to be truthful mm-hmm. to Parliament. That remains oath or no oath. Okay. Um, and he is subject to perjury if he's found to have misled Parliament. I quickly want to play a clip from um, the last submission that he made, and this is in relation to um, intelligence gathering that was established under his leadership. And then also, um, from the knowledge that you have, um, can ESCOM actually do such a thing, or an accounting authority of ESCOM do such a thing where they get money from outside, from private donors for um, investigations, intelligence in gather- gathering? The uh, significant risk posed to ESCOM as a result of um, criminal activity, uh, it became clear that uh, ESCOM required uh, some form of intelligence gathering uh, capability. Uh, And this, I think, can be attributed to the fact that um, as the owner of Uh, a number of national key points, we were charged with the obligation to um, protect those national key points and to ensure that we took all steps necessary to um, secure the safety of uh, those national key points. We therefore um, uh, approached um, funders with a view to um, seeing if assistance could be obtained, again, um, not using any ESCOM money, not going through uh, ESCOM as a contracting party. Um, And in this uh, particular instance, again, um, this was uh, encouraged uh, by um, those involved um, with a view to ensuring that, that we could Um, secure our assets uh, from criminals targeting uh, those operations. Okay, Um, and a quick response to that, Chair. Um, Does he have such powers and also would the Minister have been informed by such a thing? That he uses is non-committal and therefore there's no clarity whether he's speaking about he and the grouping of board members or this was an official decision of the board. That still needs to be tested. But by the looks of things, um, this was an operation taken outside uh, the broader collective decision-making processes of the board. And therefore, we'll have to subject it to the board next week and its records thereafter because we take a very dim view to the outsourcing of state responsibilities because the question becomes, was it funding that was outsourced? Was it function that was outsourced? And on what basis um, could have that been the case? And if it was private funding, to what interest could that have been? So you can't have the public entity operating on the basis of private proxy. So that on its own um, raises quite a number of eyebrows and is an issue that will now have to be clarified 
by the board and if need be to now summon the members of the previous board, the interim board that was in place to provide answers. So at this point in time, there's more questions than answers around that and we remain fundamentally concerned that uh, private funding was used because if the risks were as grave as they outlined, it should have been common cause that the board would have taken this up as its own responsibility and that the department or the shareholder representative um, would have taken it up. The fact that they didn't for us is an obfuscation Mm -hmm. and the dereliction of duty, particularly because we do have SSA, which Mr. Director indicates, to have informed about some of the issues. So it would mean their lapses in the intelligence gathering as well, which we have actually pointed to that we are not happy about the work of the state security agency. Thank you so much for your time. Kulego Lengwa is the chairperson of Scope Apologies. We are a bit late for the news headlines.